Wagwan, you sexy bastards. How is everyone doing out there? Welcome to episode 15 of the In Your House comedy podcast. I am the babyface as always. This time I have something very special for you to mark episode 15. It is the second edition of the babyface and the goth. And this time it's a true crime special. And it's just me explaining four different true crime stories to him. They will include the story of Khalif Browder, the story of Jody Arias, the story of Natalie Grace Barnett, aka the crazy Ukrainian murder dwarf, and the mysterious story of the Dilatov Pass. I've already yelled on too much, so the only thing to do is let's hit the jingle, babies! Hit that jingle! Hello, Internet. You're listening to the In Your House Comedy Podcast with the Babyface and his fellow funny friend. Now hold on to your butts. Keep your arms and legs inside the podcast at all times. Prepare to have an autographical orgasm in three, two, two, one. And of course, we're not doing the video this time around because, um, for anyone who's not aware of it, um, goths are very much like vampires. In the sense that you know how vampires don't reflect light, so they can't be picked up in the mirror. Therefore, they can't be recorded. Pretty sure we've covered this on the last one, goth but I haven't been a goth <laughs> for like well over ten years. That's now. not what the episode says. Go on to it. Look, look, let me show you it again. Look, the babyface and the goth. I think you'll find. That's me, oh, the babyface. Ten-year-old use Photoshop better than that. <laughs> Stop being negative about my Photoshop skills. Oh my god! I feel I have to walk away. <laughs> This is a nice... Blow my nose at you, sir! <laughs> okay then, so um, what we're going to do then is just going to be... Well, actually, I suppose I should introduce you first. Everyone welcome the goth. Um, <laughs> I can't call you by your real name. I can call you by Evil Hippie, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, okay. Evil Hippie. I, I won't call you by anything to the girls, just two of us here. So. You refer to me as you, it, he, it. she, boy, <laughs> sir. There you go, sir. This is the most organisation I've ever had to do for, um, had to do for a podcast, to be fair. I'll actually get some research. Yeah, yeah, I've, I think I finished everything at like 7 in the morning yesterday. <laughs> Generally. Okay, <coughs> so the first story then, that I was going to say, was the story of Khalif Browder. You ever heard of this one? My name does ring a bell. Yeah. Um, I think I might have mentioned this to you like a week ago or something before I was planning to do it for this. Because I wasn't planning on doing this one and then I watched um, a documentary of it on Netflix. You might remember some of it when I tell you. Because I, I think I did tell you about it the other day a bit. Let's get into the skin. Okay. So um, his early life. So he was placed into the care of child protection services due to his mother's drug addiction. Oh uh, yes, because that's always better. Loving mother, who <laughs> likes a bit of <laughs> They're taken off them like straight away now, or before, mm-hmm. for a while. Like if you have any crack-born baby, no matter what, it'll get taken off you, and you can't see again. Yeah, I know. Uh, Brad was the youngest of seven siblings, and one of the five were given up for adoption. There's like, one of the five who were, 
Um, his adoptive mother, Benita, raised 34 children by 2015, including foster children, it uh, doesn't matter. Something about the zoo for some reason. Um, he attended New Day Academy who, and the staff described him as very smart and a fun guy. In quotes, he's a fun dude, you know. Well, they do say uh, crazy does come in a nightly, ah, nicely don't, wrapped don't, package. Don't judge him so quickly. In, 20, in 2009, so it's a recent one, this is, mm. um, he was charged with, oh, this is the uh, before the main story. Um, in 2009, he was charged with third-degree third grand larceny. Uh, police testified that he had crashed a stolen bakery truck into a stationary car while joyriding. Wow, what a foul. At the age of 16. What and he was man? he was charged as an adult, though. Um, but then, um, so he did all that, went on probation. Um, and then on May 15th, 2010, uh, he apprehended... Police apprehended him again and a friend on Arthur Avenue in the Bowman section of the Bronx. Um, Browder said he was going home from a party. He thought the police were carrying a routine stop and frisk. Um, but they were actually responding to a 911 call placed by Roberto Batista. Yeah, Batista. That's a pretty cool name. Walks alone. Roberto Batista. A Mexican immigrant. Uh, about it was about the theft of a backpack containing a camera, seven hundred dollars, a credit card, and an iPod Touch. Damn. Uh, Patisa had said two male black guys. They took my brother's bag. Brader told the uh, police officers, "I did not rob anyone. You can check my pockets." And of course, they searched him, and there was nothing in his pockets. They didn't find the backpack. Um, so they didn't do it then. Well, this was two weeks earlier, though, the apparent robbery happened. Oh. Yeah, but apparently that kind of varies, though, because Patisse's testimony of the date of the theft varied in between interviews and stuff. Naturally. Yeah. It's full of shit. So he was essentially arrested for state for... I think he might have stole a backpack. Um, he asked the officers why he was being charged, because he didn't do anything. They charged him, even though they had no evidence. Some bullshit, but then again, that's the American police for you. Yeah. Racist bastards. Uh, 17 hours after the arrest, Brader was interrogated by a police officer and prosecuted the following day. Brader was charged with robbery, grand larceny and assault. And because he was on probation, um, he couldn't get... Um, well, actually, no, they, they said yes to bail at first. Um, it was three thousand, but the mum only had to pay like nine hundred for Ooh. bail bondsman to get it. It's a lot of money for having the Bronx. Yeah, exactly. Um, but she managed to get it together and had the down payment for it to start it to get him out. But um, I mean, we haven't even said where we went yet. But <laughs> um, to get him out. But then as I went to do it, it came off saying bail has been denied because he was on probation originally. So, because he agreed to that thing before, it's screwed him over still, now. They were still arrested a man for a theft that they couldn't prove that he didn't or did do. And even if he did do it, you're going to see that the punishment doesn't line up with it anyway. Fucking um, so all this happened, he was taken to jail and had denied, you know, hasn't had a, hasn't had a trial, hasn't um, been actually convicted of anything. He's just awaiting. He's not convicted until after trial, are you? 
No. He's he's innocent at the moment, awaiting trial. Yeah, that's the Yanks for you. Mm -hmm. But this all led to Rikers Island. They led him to sent him to fucking Rikers <laughs> yeah. Island for a theft of a backpack which he did yeah. not commit. I'm guessing because it was like nearby to him, weren't it, at the time? Um, oh. He was imprisoned in prison there, sorry. Um, the attorney, blah, blah, blah. Um, culture of violence then, which inmates suffered broken jaws, broken orbital bones, broken noses, long bone fractures, and lacerations requiring stitches. Browder said inmates washed their own clothes with soap, and um, okay, I don't care about that. By the sound uh, of those injuries, that sounds like fighting. There was a lot of fighting. Um, there was a few things because he knew how to fight, and he started getting himself bigger while he was in there just because he knew it would be a smart well, thing yeah, to do. He'd have to look after himself. Yeah. He refused to join any of the gangs in there because he didn't want to... Even though he was on a gang in the outside, he didn't want to be in the gang in there because he didn't want to agree to... Um, so he didn't want to be including something that he wouldn't agree with. Makes sense. Yeah, which is fair enough, yeah. No, it's proper, like, um, moral, but most people just don't stick to that. He fully stuck to this. Well, that's a bit fucking... I mean, usually in prison you want to get into a gang as quickly as possible yeah. so you have some kind of... some people to back your case. But he, he, he had the... Um, Inmates angry at him and also the um, the prison guards angry at him. <laughs> and they were like a whole other gang as well. Apparently they used to like get the prison inmates to do stuff. They used to like uh, bribe them with all this stuff. I was, I was telling you about the other day, they like brought in... Oh, like, the crooked cops who literally had, yeah, had like yeah. a kind of fight to... Basically like a fight club. A fight club shit going yeah. on. Where they'd bring in like tobacco and beer and bud. And even scalpels. A lot of luxuries from the outside. Scalpels. Scalpels, yeah, which is like, you know, could easily be used on prison guards, but yet they snuck him in for them to use on... It's crazy, isn't it? It wouldn't take much. I mean, a scalpel, I mean, I've only ever used them in modelling and stuff like that, but a scalpel, literally, like a, 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 if you literally went to attack someone with it, you'd do some serious damage. Like It's just a knife, basically. It'd be yeah. such a fine incision, but you could probably gut someone so easily with it. Mm. I mean, imagine what they can do with a shiv. Give them a fucking, you know, a fucking blade a hundred times sharper than that. I tell you, whenever you see someone stab someone in um, prison, it's always like, <laughs> many times they can, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's basically to make sure the job's done. Yeah, yeah. You will see that. Because they're always inefficient weapons, aren't they? Well, yeah. Usually like a sharpened toothbrush or some shit. Yeah, that's what you see a lot, actually, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, so this is one of the main ones. There's, um... I could show you the video to this one actually, because there's video to this one. Maybe after, not not during, because I, I can imagine that mess with the sound a bit. That's fine. I can if we don't talk during this much, then fine. I wouldn't recommend including it though. This is one of him being slammed to the ground in a minute by one of the prison officers. They have footage of this. Does anyone lose their job over this shit? Uh, some some people have lost their job since, but not directly from this. So the guards just come and taking him out. Oh wow, for no reason. Yeah, literally, you can see it. And it's just literally just pushed him and then knocked into the ground. Yeah, it's just literally like, out of nowhere. Then boom. You can't even claim it's a racial thing because there's a black cop as well. That's the thing that surprised me the most. Most of the um, prisoners there seem to be black guys, and apparently, like the high majority of the inmates are black as well. Wow. It's, yeah, I thought that was surprising. Oh, here comes his back. Yeah. Oh, we need to help you. Is he 
not doing anything. Stop resisting, <laughs> even though we pushed you over. Stop resisting nothing. Oh, there's a fat white guy cop. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a problem with the American police. They're not as humane as ours are. They're just like, I mean, kids feel that they just uh, give them this, a lot of power. This was um, the one I was looking for, I think, what we'll see. Um, I'll read this first. A gang member had spat in his face earlier or something, so this is him going back to get revenge, not realising all the people around him, because he'd only moved to this block, like, recently, because he'd been moved from a different part of the prison. Well, the spit in someone's face, man, that's pretty fucking rough. Yeah. Um, so the Khalif guy, Broda, um, finds this guy, you know, like, after he'd spat in his face earlier, seed for a couple of hours, and then went after him, and then, like I said, not realising he was surrounded by his gangmates. That's Khalif, Brader. So he went after him and said, pow, pow. Oh, oh shit. And watch how crappy the police attempt to break it up. Wow. Proper going for him, man. It'd be a perfect opportunity to just lamp the officer. Must be real tough being on one, man. <laughs> it makes you angry, doesn't it, watching it? It's not even over yet, man. And they've got big things of mace and all, and they're not even using it. Wow. I mean, the kid's almost already fucking out of it, and you still just don't want to keep having a quick another well, go. No, no, he, he, the one thing you'll notice is he keeps getting back off. Oh, he dipped. Like one of the mag rock doors, you know. One hidden his cell. I know his cell. They're not even like doing much to stop him, look, are they? Might be prison guards. They're not I mean, just so chilled about it all. Expect like to see like batons out, fucking yeah. pepper spray, tasers on the go. They've got all that stuff on them. I mean, look at this look. I'm not thinking I should manage to fucking open the door, though. Well, this is their place, so they know how you know how it works. This is where they chill. Oh, damn. Yeah. yeah Straight no. open, bang. Wrapped a jump around his head so he can't fight back. The police were nowhere, um, the guards were nowhere around as well, so it's not like they, you know, you can see how they say that they're in cahoots with them all. Yeah, you can see, because none of the fucking guys going for the guards now. Mm. Any other prison, that guard would have had it as well. And the worst part about this was... Where would you expect he should go now? Infirmary, probably, on the batter, battering you just fucking took. Yeah, you would say that. You would think that, wouldn't you? But it seems alright, though. I mean, he's standing. His well, face yeah, doesn't look too worse for worse. He learned. He said one thing he learned um, early in there was how to kind of curl up in the fetal position, like into a perfect ball to protect his, um, you know, head and neck and stuff and face. Always vital organs as well, probably. Yeah. So his legs and arms probably got most of the ba- the beating. Mm. Yeah, so after this, they took him, not to the infirmary, they, they took him. It took him that long for the riot officers to yeah. turn up. This and prison needs to get shut down, man. Yeah, it's still open. Yeah, so straight, after that, they took him straight to solitary confinement. Because, yeah, of course, he was a fucking problem. I suppose <laughs> taking him there would have been the smartest thing to do, because, needless to say, he probably would have been a dead man if he returned to the main Well, cells. they could have moved into another block, in all fairness. You know, Probably. They, they could have. Well, unfortunately, being the new guy in any kind of prison, I can imagine like mm. the, people are going to test you or just kick the shit yeah. out of you. There's a, there's a few different videos of him like getting attacked and getting in fights and stuff. Um, they, the UN says that 14... Or was it 15? Let's say 15. 15 days of, um, of solitary confinement is equal to torture. Um, was their ruling on it, and Khalif Rada, um, from when he was 16 to 17, spent all in all like 450 days in a row 
and solitary confinement. So basically what you're saying is a lot, a lot of these people who work at the prison need to be kind of trialled at the Hague yeah. for, for like you know, crimes against humanity. Yeah. Well, he said he literally during it, he um, studied hearing voices, you know, he was starved and everything as well, like they did things to him, they beat him down a so few times. The American himself. justice system ultimately failed him. Oh, unbelievably so. I mean, this, bear in mind, it was for a backpack and it was... A backpack he never stole, and yeah. they couldn't prove that he had it, or even went anywhere near him. And three years he was in there waiting, um, without a trial, without a conviction. Was he still there? Innocent. No. Um, the case was eventually dismissed completely. <sighs> they kept offering pleas to him with less and less time, like originally saying, you know, you only have to do this many more, and then saying to him, um, oh, if you do it now, then it's time served, so you can go out straight away. And he was like, no, I refused to agree to something I didn't do. I'm not going to have that on my record. Because, And the reason he was so adamant about this was because his brother agreed to something, had something similar, had something pinned on him that he said he didn't do. And he agreed to it and basically it's like screwed him over ever since. Hmm. You know. Well, damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so three years later anyway... Um, over some shitty beat, beat cop, like failing yeah. his identity and just literally locking him up for no reason. And the original witness as well, that said it all, they realised that he had fled the country, he wasn't even in the USA anymore, he was back in Mexico. Oh. So they couldn't even, they, for God knows how long they didn't have so a witness. So the whole case should have been thrown out then? Yeah. The lawyers kept constantly like asking for more time because of the loophole in the law there. But yeah, he should have been that way before. They were just playing with his life, man. He got messed up. Was he able to kind of like sue the state for his uh, mistreatment? Um, I think he would have been able to, but the worst part about it was he. When did he? When did he when he got out? On May 29th, 2013, Browder was freed in anticipation of the dismissal dismissal of the charges against him. Um, because Batista had returned to Mexico and could not give testimony. Hmm. Uh, the worst part was, though, when he came out, and like I said, he got a bit schizo, like he went a bit crazy from being in solitary confinement so long. Um, he got depressed and all that, and ended up killing himself. What, he killed himself? He killed himself, oh, yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And let me guess, nothing's being done about this. Didn't someone lose their job at all for this well, shit? Let's see, um... In November, a lawsuit was filed. A lawsuit um, was filed. Doesn't give you much hope, does it? And solitary confinement. Well, solitary confinement for inmates younger than 21 was abolished outright. That's one thing. Too fucking right. Yeah, because that's when we you know. Developing mind and all that. Mm-hmm. Wow. We don't need to go into all of that, basically. Yeah, he killed himself in the end. Yeah, so that's basically the story of Khalif Browder. And there's a really good documentary on Netflix that you can watch, like, to document it all. But he had so many fucked up things that happened there. That's just, like, the tip of the iceberg. I'm trying to keep it short, like, because we've got a few different ones to do. Yeah? Man, that's rough. It is, ain't it? For the system to fail him that badly, no one to do a thing. All because he didn't have the money to get the right lawyer. Exactly, man. Like... Someone should have made the connection a lot earlier that they didn't even have a fucking witness. He wasn't even new about it. It was quite a while he'd been out. The problem is that the American law system is just... its It varies from state to state. And some of them, they've got the best shit going on. The others, 
They New can't York. even fucking put two fucking paper clips together. But New York's one of the worst, from what I've heard. Yeah, because there's such a delay. Um, court cases are so many. Do they have like a slight loophole? Like most of them say in the Constitution, something about you have the right to a speedy trial um, when you're ready. But their one is like when the DA is ready. So that means like you know once the backlog's done, then it starts. But the to hold frame. somebody until that backlog's done should not be legal. No. They were trying to get him to um, to do a plea deal. That's what they were trying to do. Get him to speed it up. Yeah. Oh wow! It's a shame he can't, he's not alive today to count to sue them to for all mm. the mistreatment. You, I think his mum was doing it. something like that though. His mum was doing it on his behalf. The only reason I would probably wouldn't watch that uh, show of theirs is one because it probably annoyed me quite a yeah, bit, yeah. and two, you know for a fact they got some flipping arsehole on there swinging the flipping, you know, saying, "Oh, oh, it was this happened and this happened, but it wasn't the police's fault." <laughs> you know, someone's swinging yeah, it, so like yeah. just put a positive spin on the government. There wasn't that much of that actually, but I'm sure there must have been some. Oh, you know, for I, a fact, like they'd, they'd skim over like the, the yeah. gorier details. Oh, on both sides anyway. Though when I'm watching some of that, I like to hear both sides still. Oh yeah, yeah I, mean, I don't agree with it. Two sides to every story. Yeah. When you need to, to paint a proper picture, you'd need both of them. But it's like flat Earth people are absolutely fucking crazy. But I'm still interested in why they believe that crazy shit. Well, I always yeah. thought it was just a troll at first, but then it turns out some of these people actually believe. Yeah, that's that's just because some people believe anything they watch on YouTube, that's all. Anyway, um, so the next one then is the crazy ex-girlfriend I mentioned here. Ooh, jo- in there, I suppose. Jodie Arias, put it together as we go through. So it's the story of the death of Travis Alexander. He was a travelling salesman and motivational speaker and started a relationship in 2007 with Jodie Arias, hashtag crazy ex-stalker girlfriend. Hashtag? Really? Uh, I wanted to hashtag it. Hashtag living life, YOLO. Hashtag do you even use Twitter, bro? I need to go on Twitter though because I need to do some of my um, gas stuff on there. It's a new like thing that I haven't done. Fascinating. <laughs> anyway, so Travis was found dead in 2007 and Jodie said it was self-defence. Mm. Uh, let's go back to the beginning. She was born in 1977. Um, so he was born in 1977. She was born in 1980. She liked photography. He was part of the Church of Latter-day Saints. The fuck's that? Uh, basically the Book of Mormon. Uh. After she read the Book of Mormon... Um, she got he got her to convert to Mormonism, um, like a cultist. Yeah, funny enough. <laughs> Come join our religion. I mean, if if you can be persuaded that quickly to join and convert to a religion, you know, she's got to be a bit crazy. Oh yeah, she's probably unhinged. Yeah. Um, but about five months after she converted, um, Travis said to friend. So five months later they broke up and Travis said to his friends that he felt guilty about breaking his no snoo snoo rule. No sexual sexual marriage. Ah, but Mormons believe in that? I thought they were Yeah. One of the ones who believe in polygamy. What's that? Do you have more than one wife? Or was that another religion? No. Well, there's a few that believe that. I think it might have been the Quakers or something. Something yeah. I think Quakers are yeah. I think yeah. I can't remember. There's just so many like break-offs of 
Christianity that kind of just go off into a, like a tangent of madness. Yeah. Apparently, there's loads of different ways that you can um, interpret one book. Ultimately, if you look at all religions, they're exactly the same. Yeah, it's like you don't read Harry Potter and come up with like a whole different story like what's going on. <laughs> no, Snape didn't die. He was born again after they buried him in a cave. Ron Weasley and Dumbledore were having a secret affair. Mm. Oh, that's <laughs> nasty. Jimmy Savile. I think it wasn't Dumbledore gay. Dumbledore wasn't, but the actor was. Um. So Jade, um, Jody. Jody later claimed that she broke up with Travis as she couldn't trust him as he was a sexual deviant. Mm, probably wouldn't surprise me. And a sex addict who was abusive. Um, but they kept on banging afterwards. You know, as you do when you break up and then... Oh. You are, some people are dumb. Well, one of those, he broke up and with her, but she didn't break up with him, so it didn't count. She can she can call him that kind of thing, though, but he's literally just started having sex. You know, he felt bad about breaking his no sex before um, marriage. So I, I, I don't really believe she's, he was much of a sexual deviant. I find that hard to believe. I don't know, man. I mean... It takes you a while to figure out your, your jam. Well, what you fine. want to do in the boudoir. I think that was the, the biggest problem with Christianity, the whole no sex before marriage thing. Is how do you know you're sexually compatible afterwards? Yeah, you don't. That's what I was saying earlier, when dating nowadays, you have sex quite early. Mm, well, I never understand the dating these days, I mean... Yeah, it sucks. Well, the fact that, you know, going out there and meeting people, as you get older, doesn't seem to be as easy as it is as it was when you were younger, because obviously you'd meet people from hanging out, school, mm. social clubs, social gatherings. To be fair, I find it easier now than I did, say, about three years ago, but I'm always, like, gigging and stuff now, so no, the last couple of girls that I've met and gone any got anywhere with was from gigs. I always find it weird, the whole internet dating thing, you know. Oh, internet dating. Yeah, the whole internet, like, you know, dating as a whole, I mean, back in the day, you know, you shouldn't talk to strangers on the internet. Stranger danger. You shouldn't get into, stranger a, stra danger. You shouldn't get into a stranger's car, you know. But nowadays, what you got a fucking Uber, Lyft, yeah. and stuff like that. You literally you don't even talk to. You don't use an app, and you get in a jump in a random dude's car. But you always had it. Yeah, but that was a you know you spoke to somebody, they were registered and everything like that. But I suppose it's, they are still registered and everything like that. But just, yeah. just when you don't have a conversation with someone, it's like when you know you order I, just I like eat that. for the first time. It's weird. It's like you know I, I didn't speak to anyone, but yet my food turned up. Ugh. Yeah, that was amazing the first time I did that. For me, man, that was it creeped me out. <laughs> How did he know? He just did. Anyway, so, so basically, the stories didn't match in regards to... Well, the, I don't uh, think he did, but that's just what she's saying at the moment. Um, so he moved to Arizona, and he started seeing new people. Um, Jodie moved back to California, and she would go to Arizona every now and then. Um, but obviously, when she found out that he was seeing other people, she went a bit fucking crazy. Um... She would slash his tires, she hacked into his Facebook account, um, stalked him on dates and sent abusive emails to the women he was dating. Like wow. really threatening and abusive shit as well apparently. Damn. And I guess did he have no idea this was happening? I think he yeah, he did, because his friends were aware of it. Oh. You'll see why, because um They knew. Oh, this is a pressing freak one. Um, he said, due to her behaviour, he used to joke with his friends that don't be surprised if you find me murdered one day. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he called it. Yeah, foreshadowing. 
<laughs> then, to be fair, though, I mean, she's sending threatening emails to his dates. You know, going all the way from California to Arizona to stalk him mm. on his dates. Well, this is this next bit is the one where it kind of takes a turn to creepy, but in my opinion, gone. Um, he was telling, he told his friends the story of basically once she Jody snuck through the um the doggy door in the house um while he was sleeping and just walked around the house and wow. looked at him. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I suppose that, I mean, through the doggy door, though, you know how. Well, I'm guessing because obviously, you know, when you think of like a cat flap, it's a tiny thing. They probably wouldn't be able to fit your head through, but a dog door. Yeah, I couldn't understand how to like, do it. Really, you know, depending on the size of his dog. I mean, if he had like a fucking West Island, you know, a West, West a Westie or something like that, getting for the dog door might be a bit yeah. difficult. But if he has like a Great Dane or something, that wouldn't be too too hard. It, w- it wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to do, but a small petite girl would be able to. Mm, I suppose. Um. Yeah, but then again, I wouldn't crawl through someone's dog door just to watch them sleep. <laughs> I would do it to freak someone out, maybe. I'd probably wear a mask and then start yeah. screaming or something <laughs> to make me feel really uncomfortable. You have to record it as well. Oh, yeah. Um, so, early 2008... Um, so, not too long ago, then. No, they were still banging every <laughs> now and then. Oh, um, great. So, he, he continued to stick his dick in crazy. He invited her to a work trip with him in Cancun, Mexico on June 15th. However, a few months later, he changed his companion for the work trip to a different female. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. And then because um, she followed them on that trip anyway? Uh, no, it um, doesn't say anything about that, but on May the 28th, 2008, um, a burglary occurred at Jodie's grandparents' house, uh, where Jodie lived as well. Oh, a um, burglary. And among the stolen items was a 25 caliber automatic Colt pistol. Which, you know, could be important later. Mm. It was stolen. <laughs> or misplaced. Or stashed. Mm. On June 2nd, Jodie rented a car and travelled to Travis's home and they took pictures of them having sex together. You know, Prudhoe was still banging the time code and all that. Um, and on the evening, he missed an important conference call that he had while they were still together, presumably. After she returned home, a friend noticed she had changed her appearance for some reason. The person she returned the rented car to noted that the floor mats were missing and there was an unexplained red stain on the front seat. <laughs> they never really explained how that happened. It's Robbie Um June 9th, no one has seen Travis and a couple of friends go to his house. That's like, what, seven days after, that's a week after he, she was there. Entering the house, his friends find Travis in the shower with a lot of blood all around him. He's dead, obviously. Uh, the friends specifically told the police about Jody when they were reporting it. Yeah, of course. Mm. The first person you go to is fucking crazy. There's a video of them doing it. It's nothing special. It's just them basically, you know, telling them about Jody and that. Um, the really interesting part is all watching her interrogation. There's a lot of footage of her interrogation and that. And her just like adamantly just disagreeing with what the policeman's saying, even though it was like, we've got loads of evidence proving you did this, you did this, and this. And she's like, yeah, well, I didn't. And he's like, you're saying you went from here, from A to B, wherever she lived to where he was, but didn't go to his house at all. Um, and then went back, and he was like, now, let's say you even stopped twice for 10 hours to sleep at the very most. 
it was like there was still about 27 hours uh, missing from your time frame that I just unaccounted for. So it was like, it's, it's just not true, what she's saying. Naturally, she couldn't come up with a good story then. No, nothing, she couldn't explain anything away. Um, a last photograph of him taken at 525 that day shows him looking kind of worried, looking at the camera like he'd been crying, I thought. Um, and then the pictures, pictures following um, showed him bleeding on the floor and there was a bloody handprint. It was later proved that there was hair in the handprint, um, hair of his DNA and her DNA moulded into the blood. Um, they both struggled then. Uh, and the ward already arrested on the home on July 15th and extradited to Arizona. Um, investigators say she stabbed Travis 27 times. Okay. Um, bear in mind she said it was self Well, later on she'll say it was self-defence. <laughs> what could he possibly have <laughs> to require 27 stabbings? That's not it. 27 stabbings, um, slit his throat, oh. and then, of course, dragged him back to the bedroom and shot him in the head then with a 25 caliber automatic Colt pistol. Ah, said pistol that was stolen from Graham Grams. Said pistol that was stolen from Graham Grams. So explain to him, she was singing to herself in between interrogation clips as well and doing a headstand, which is really strange. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, a little bit overkill then. Yeah. Just a little bit overkill. I mean, stabbing him, but then proceeding to shoot him afterwards. Just a waste of a bullet. Stabbing him, slitting his throat, and shooting him afterwards. And they said he would have been alive for all of it and felt pain, like cause it was all done slowly and all that. Like she was trying to punish him, you know, almost like she was angry about. Meticulously punishing him. people. Not the fact that he kept fucking her and fucking someone else afterwards. Or Probably dating other people. Maybe, maybe she was just pissed at him because, you know, she didn't like Mormonism. <laughs> she, she that damn book! <laughs> oh yeah, because the two people came into the. Ha she said the two people came in originally. First, she said she didn't see them at all. They were in the other room. She just heard them talking about whether they should come in and kill them. Later, she said come in and kill her. Later, she said that she could tell that they were white American, and one of them from the build looked like a woman. And then it was like, but you said at the beginning you never saw them. You only heard them. She was like, yeah, well, you know. And then changed her mind that she didn't say that. Ooh. Just a load of bullshit, you know. She pleaded not guilty to first degree murder, but later admitted to killing him via self defence. The A sought the death penalty, but the prosecu prosecutor said she killed him in a jealous rage. She said he was abusive and possessive, and she killed him because he was trying, he was going through her and he was beating her and all this crap, apparently. I'm guessing she looked completely fine, though. You know. Yeah. Well, um,. She would later say that one thing she wished her defence did was track down this guy who apparently saw her covered in bruises after one time when he had beaten her, um, the Travis. But I was like, that doesn't prove anything just because a guy would have seen bruises on your body. First of all, you've got to believe him. First of, and then it's like, wait, how do we even know that came from Travis? You know, it's like, that doesn't mean anything. That's ah, just crazy. Crazy does as crazy is, mate. She spent 18 days testifying on the bench. Just her, you know, being asked questions by each of them. 15 hours of jury deliberation resulted in Jody being found guilty of first degree murder. 
23rd sentence phase. She was on, the jury was unable to reach an unanimous decision, so they brought in a second one on October 20th, 2014. But they deadlocked 11 to 1 in favour of the death penalty. So because of that one person, she um, didn't get death penalty. It was down to the judge to decide, but death penalty has to be unanimous, so that was off the table. Wow. Um, but she was sentenced to actual life in prison. Um, on April 13th, 2015, without, without the possibility of parole. Wow. And then a rapper produced a music video about her raising um, awareness for PTSD and domestic violence. What, in favour of her? <laughs> yeah, saying about her story and having a flirty conversation with her. It was weird. Never heard of the rapper. What was his name? I can't, I can't even remember. Some it wasn't that important. Yeah, so that's the story of the crazy ex-girlfriend, um, Jodie Arias, and her killing of Travis Alexander. Is sound, like, sound like they deserved each other. <laughs> Beautiful <laughs> couple. Just a tad unhinged. Yeah, it's a little bit unhinged. Um, but nothing compared to this next person. Oh dear God, it gets worse. It gets worse. This is the story of Nat, um, Natalia Grace Barnett. I might have uh, Barnett, like our good friend Dave. Um, I might have told you a bit about this before. I think there's a bit of information I'm missing that's been updated, but I remember it as well as I can. Not that we um, Both of the Barnetts, Christine and her then husband Michael, adopted Nat, Natalia after her previous adopted parents gave her up, believing her to be a six-year-old from Ukraine. Oh, wait a minute. This is the fucking lady who's apparently yeah, meant to be... Yeah, 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 yeah. You know where I'm going with it. Go and tell me what you know about it, actually. Oh, I only know bits and pieces other than the fact that she literally is fucking scarily crazy. Yeah. Because they thought... They adopted her thinking she was, like, some lone girl, little girl from Ukraine, but there's a possibility she's some, like, fucking middle-aged dwarf. Yeah. Well, they had, um... Let me see if it, what originally it was that made them um, do it. Speaking of Vance vocabulary and showing signs of what looked like period blood stains on her underwear, clear cut, you know, if she was getting a period, then obviously she's older than six. Oh, yeah, and it'd be funny, but I think the earliest uh, recorded girl going into a period like a 10, 11, 12. Yeah, kind of ages, it's like, that's quite the earliest. Some girls develop really quickly. 12, probably, I don't know. I know I know guys generally are after women. No, we usually um, hit puberty through like 13 through 15. Yeah, yeah, we're later. Yeah, whereas girls can hit anywhere between mm. from, you know, I think there has been some girls who hit like as far as 10 years old or something like that. Yeah. Um, Christine told the Daily Mail that a bone density test on Natalia suggested she was at least 14 years old at the time. When, oh, so at the time she was adopted. Like 14? 14 when she was adopted. Oh, so she wasn't they, six years old. They, well, this is just rough. Over the next year, she said Natalia's mental health deteriorated. Um, Christine, the mum, alleged to the newspaper that Natalia, the crazy dwarf, had threatened to stab her and Michael while they slept. She poured bleach into her coffee, <laughs> mum's coffee, and once even tried to push her onto an electric fence. Sounds like a typical teenager. And to be fair. Natalia was treated with various psychiatric disorders by specialists um, to whom Natalia confessed she was an adult apparently, according to Christine. Uh, the Bionist then filed a motion, court change of birth, 
about two years after the adoption, they filed a motion with the Birmingham County Superior Court regarding Natalia's age, and the judge ordered her, ordered her birth year changed from 2003 to 1989. Holy shit. So that's an extra 14 years, isn't it? Jesus Christ. And how long did she live with this family before they kind of started suspecting that she wasn't a six-year-old girl? It wasn't that long. I think it all happened in 2003. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. 2013, sorry. Yeah, I remember reading this in the newspaper and stuff like that. It kept cropping mm. up. I think I mentioned to you as well when it came up. Yeah, there's a few, so, few times yeah. it's been into my feeds. But in Jesus feed Christ, man. Michael's lawyer told me to be disputed. Oh, what? <laughs> okay. However, Michael's lawyer, Tony Kinner, disputed these details. Kinner told the Daily Mail that Michael never said he knew Natalia was a child, the dad, and claimed that the affidavit was very selective about which medical report it cited. So basically, they're trying to spin it for the sake of the story. Yeah. Of course. And Antoine is simply a man and the parents, the parents that she's living with now, basically, they put her in this apartment the original parents did they paid for the rent and that um well if she was six years old she wouldn't be able to look after herself would she well i know exactly but this is what she was saying that she couldn't look after herself she didn't have money or to buy food she didn't know how to do this and that because she was still saying she was a child it's not really clear still either on whether she is or isn't it's i suppose it's one of them unless she agrees to a load of tests but what if if she is old and she knows she is she's not going to agree to it because then she's screwed well yeah because then i'm guessing everything will win and then she'll probably be psychologically evaluated and probably locked exactly, up exactly yeah um a case some review reviewed by buzzfeed news shows that they managed to drop their oh yeah so this new family um they're religious people oh yeah. great yeah so not so not uh mentally sound then no they tried to get it live with birth so they, they could basically adopt her, you know, legally. Um, so change the birth date and all that. And eventually wasn't followed through with and she basically lives with them like a daughter anyway, just not legally, you know. So how long do you reckon it's going to be before she stabs one of them? Um, not trying to be, like, <laughs> <laughs> overly... No, it's true, though. Yeah, because by the sounds of it, if she is as old as she says she was and she was making those kind of threats, it's only a matter of time before she snaps and then goes postal on them. The most recent thing here seems to be early 2018 and she was still involved with the family then. Jeez. Yeah. Um... The problem is there's uh, religious types, the Christians, I'm guessing that's what they are. They're probably going to be blinded by their, uh, you know, their faith. And they're going to have too much faith in this person, which is ultimately going to lead to their demise. Mm, what's that going to say? <laughs> I wasn't listening. <laughs> You're a shit host, you know that. I'm normally very good. I'm just having to read things. And I can't, I'm not good at double tasking. Multitasking. So I can't even... <laughs> anyway. Um, so they were saying over time, it, this is what their letter they had. Over time, it was increasingly apparent that this patient is substantially older than she claimed to be. Uh, Natalia has made a career of perpetuating her age facade. She has continued to fool those who have the best intentions. Um, she must be really fucking good at keeping up that facade. Yeah. To be fair, there's a whole like timeline in favour of her. 
but we don't need to read that though because it's pretty obvious what's happened there she's tried to do it and it doesn't like i said she's been on dr phil and stuff and she keeps saying that she's not um a child sorry that she is a child and she just looks weird but i don't know especially in the period blood in the first place that kind of says a lot no yeah it says like uh definitely like um, a teenager to adult kind of age and i'm sure we just say that she had pubes and stuff as well once again yeah. girls do it a yeah. bit of earlier than men so it's not unlikely but, but not that early. But yeah, not at six years old. Yeah. Unless she's literally some kind of fucking wonder child. <laughs> wonder Just literally. Child. It does happen, but... Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm more leaning towards the fact that she's lying about her age into order so she doesn't have to work or anything like that. Apparently, during a police interview, the dad admitted to change N's age to 22 despite knowing she was a minor. However, that's been um, disputed since and he said that was fabricated. So... I mean nothing basically. So even though all the details are getting a bit blurry. Yeah, to pay £5,500 bail um, after being charged with two counts of neglect for leaving her. Even though it's a bit murky though, like they legally changed so it. So they still can't. Have to. Well, if they legally change it, then that means she's old enough to look after herself and shouldn't she be like yeah. kind of like arrested for. for yeah. Well, she could just claim that she doesn't know any, but. Term, which you might not, in all fairness. Ultimately, what the government should do, or the legal system, we should literally just force her to take some yeah. kind of like DNA test. Imagine, imag oh yeah, imagine that though, like um, never knowing how old you were, the concept of you wouldn't be able to tell how old you are, it'd be weird, wouldn't it? Through the passage of time, though, from personal observation, but I suppose if, if you're uh, mentally Alex, unstable, yeah. it'd be hard to talk, kind of tell those sort of, sort of things, wouldn't it? And you can only tell from a certain point anyway, like when you're free or something. Well, yeah. I mean, you start collecting, you, you usually start holding on to your long term memory after you're three. Yeah. See, all those things start kind of sticking together. Um, yeah, so that's, there's not much more you can say about that. It's a bit murky, no one really knows what's going on. It'd be one of those things that, like you said, you can imagine something kicking off with that in the next few years. Oh, yeah. if, she, someone, if she's something. literally as crazy as they claim, then she will literally off the new family. Yeah. But by the sounds of it, they deserve everything they get. Right then. Um, so last story I wanted to tell you, this was the one I briefly mentioned. It was a bit fantastical in places. Fantastical. Mm, fantastical. Uh, it's a very famous one. It's from 1959. It's quite some time ago. Yeah. For, in the nights between the night between sorry the first of February to the second of February so that night slash morning you know. um and it's the story of the Dilatov Pass incident. Come again. Dilatov Pass. Dilatov Pass. Yeah. Is that a location? Uh, well, Dilatov Pass was an event where oh, it was actually what was it named after? It was named after the guy in the end. Um, the leader of the group that... Right, let me tweet here. The Dilatov Pass was an event where nine Russian hikers died in the northern Ural Mountains between 1st and 2nd February 1959 in uncertain circumstances. So nine people yeah. who were, like, mountain climbing they, or something, they literally just popped their clogs overnight. For well, no... there's a lot more. Um, they they were an experienced trekking group. They weren't, you know, like newbies or they weren't new to this at all. Knew what they were doing. Um, they were all from 
the Polytechno Institute College, so they were smart too. Um, so they were a group and they knew each other. Yeah, and they had a leader and everything, you know, that guy I mentioned. Um, however, during the night, something caused them to tear their way out of their tents and flee the campsite. So basically, something yeah. spooked them that badly that they literally cut their way out of a tent to escape. Mm -hmm. And they left all their gear. Um, everything was left as it was. Like, for example, I think I put a picture on a bit further down. Their skis were left, like, pointing up and stuff, you know, mm. so... So they were in the resting position. Yeah, so that will be, like, important for a theory later on. It already makes you ask. It makes you want to ask a lot of questions. Like, yeah, what yeah. could possibly have spooked them that badly? Right, that's that's the one thing that's never answered is what um, caused it initially. There's a lot of unanswered questions in this, but that never really gets answered. Ultimately, were they all like drug tested? You know, some kind of like psychedelic like, battery or something. Nine fifty-nine. I suppose. Yeah, they wouldn't think to, would they? Yeah. Well, they wouldn't be able to. Well, nowadays, they literally just do a tox report on everything, wouldn't they? Just like, yeah, yeah. Why, did they, why did they die? So <laughs> carry on. Yeah. So they, well, they cut the way out of the tent and fled. You know, the yeah, they could tell, first of all, that it was cut from the inside out. The way it was cut, you know, you can tell by the protruding bit. Um, and there was also no more than nine foot pairs of footprints around the area. So there was no... It was just them. They were the only ones there, basically. It's no active pursuer. Um, Unless it flew. They flew into the cold and heavy snowfall without any of specialised gear they had with them. So they all died of hypothermia. Well, after the group's bodies were discovered, an investigation by Soviet authorities determined that the six had died from hypothermia. Of course. While, three, while the other three showed signs of physical trauma. Oh, physical trauma. Mm -hmm. One victim had a fractured skull. Two of us had major chest fractures, and the body of one of the group was missing both his eyes. And one of the victims, which it was a female one, from what I remember, was missing a tongue. Some of the creepers over here. It's weird, isn't it? Collecting bits and bobs. The investigation concluded, I get this, a compelling natural force had caused the deaths. A compelling natural <laughs> force? <laughs> like, oh, right, like a fucking everything. windigo or something. <laughs> um... So naturally, the next bit, what happened? Because what the fuck happened there? Well, yeah. They were going to, they were grade two hikers at the time, they were getting a grade three certification upon their return. Hmm. Uh, so a lot to live for. Mm hmm. And experienced. Um, diaries and cameras found around the campsite made it possible to track the group's route up to the day preceding the incident. Um, the day before, the group arrived at the edge of the area. Um, where's the look at this? So some they lost the direction and deviated west up towards the top of Kalak. When they realised their mistake, the group decided to stop and set up camp there on the slope of the mountain rather than move 1.5 kilometres downhill. Um, Yulin postulated that Dilatar probably did not want to lose the altitude they'd gained. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. A lot of progress to go undone. So, searching and discovering the scene in general. Uh, before leaving, Dilatov had agreed, originally with his parents, that he would send a telegram to the sports club and buy, um, and it would get there by the 12th of February. Obviously, he never got there. By the 20th, they were worried, which is when like the, the police were first alerted to a missing person, anything like that. Police went out looking for them, um, Russian police. 
Christian Bolte, later the army and militia forces become involved with planes and helicopters being ordered to join. On 26th February, the searchers found the group's abandoned and badly damaged tent. Uh, the campsite baffled the search party. I think this is the good um, paragraph here. Uh, Mikhail Sharavin, the student who found the tent, said the tent was half torn down and covered with snow. It was empty and all the group's belongings and shoes had been left behind. So they ran out and took, didn't even grab their shoes. They were in that much of a hurry that they cut themselves out without even grabbing their shoes or socks. No time. So whatever it was. Imagine that dude knowing you're going into snow and not having time to get your shoes on. Yeah, but whatever it was there, but obviously going out and freezing to death, it seemed like a better option. Mm. So you got to think yeah. of it that way. Something spooked them big time. Something really made them really not want to be there. And got to a few of them. Well, yeah, considering like there's no... I mean, what could it be? You know, there's only nine sets of footprints that they found, yeah, supposedly, exactly. even though yeah. it's probably heavy snowing since then. Yeah. It's hard to kind of tell. Maybe they were pursued by something. You can't go by all the facts in this because it was 1959. Mm. Um, and the only thing that makes sense is if they were, like, attacked by another group or something. Yeah. Or an animal there, probably. There's a few theories, but you'd see the... Siberian wolf pack? I mean, obviously, obviously, animal makes the most sense, but at the same time, there would be obvious tracks, and they would probably have eaten more. Yeah, people. rather than just their eyes and the tongue. Yeah, well, that, that not so much because like birds and stuff go for that kind of thing. So. Serial killer, maybe. Exactly. Crazy. Mountain man. To be fair, it wouldn't be hard to cover up your tracks if you did. If someone did go in and do it, you know, the snowman, it wouldn't be that hard to cover it off. Especially if you just literally ran over one person's tracks as well. Mm. But then there'd be evidence that we... You kill someone in the tent and pick them up and walk over with them. True, okay. but then there'd be tracks if you returned to the campsite multiple yeah. times to pick up the bodies. Only the one. Was what? Um, anyway, investigators said the tent had been cut open from the inside. Eight or nine sets of footprints left by people who were wearing only socks or a single shoe, in some cases. Some were even barefoot, leading down towards the edge of woods on the opposite side of the pass, 1.5 kilometer, kilometers to the northeast. However, after 500 meters, these tracks were covered with snow. At the forest edge, under a large Siberian pine, the searchers found the visible remains of a small fire. So these guys got away a bit and then lit a fire, obviously, to try and keep warm or something. Well, that failed them, evidently. Yeah. Um, they were the first two bodies, those of Krivanchesko and Dorinchesko, shoeless and dressed only in their underwear, not even, didn't even bother get. What were they in underwear to begin with? Well, sleeping bags. Yeah, but what, I, I find that strange if you're sleeping in some cold place, you know, like some snowy cold place, while you're getting to your boxes to sleep. Forget, these are people that are Russian, the hardy people. True. Yeah. Okay. Because we obviously we're used to the cold and the damp, and obviously the Russians must be used to the cold and the snow. So obviously yeah. sleeping in clothes is uncomfortable for some. Some people prefer sleeping naked. Some people prefer sleeping in boxes. Uh, so they were the first two bodies in underwear. Branches on the tree were broken up to five meters high, suggesting that one of the skiers had climbed up possibly mm. up for the camp. Between the pine and the camp, the searchers found three more corpses. Um, what I do remember as well is they'd left um, a light on 
um, on a torch in the camp, so they'll be able to presumably see it from when they climbed up. Find the way back. Exactly. Um, but I'm guessing if it's pitch black and it's snowing heavily outside, they ain't gonna find their way back, and that's probably what ultimately led to their death. But if they cut that, out. Yeah, if they cut that tents, you know, open, why was the point of going back? To, I suppose for the clothes, the boots, I mean, you can get yeah, your gear yeah. and get the fuck out of there. But trying to get away from something and then loop back around. Finding the remaining four travellers took more than two months. They were finally found on 4th of May under four metres of snow in a ravine, 75 metres further into the woods than the pine tree. So they got 75 metres further than these two. They didn't get very far then, did they? No. I mean, considering. But, but, uh, I suppose maybe they stopped, maybe. Just thinking too far, they ran. Yeah. Maybe or a loss of hope or something. But I suppose if you're naked, next to naked, standing in the blizzard in Russia, yeah. time well, is of the essence. This might explain actually. There were signs that those who had died first had their clothes relinquished to the others because, like you would, if you didn't have enough clothes to go around, when someone died, you'd totally take their clothes. Of course. Yeah. But generally, also, when hypothermia kicks in, one of your one of the reactions you have is to actually take off your clothes because you feel like you're burning up. Yeah. Um, investigation. A legal inquest started immediately after the first five bodies were found. A med- medical examination found no injuries. That might have led to their deaths, and it was eventually concluded they had all died of hypothermia. Could have um, found that out if they just looked at the fluid on their lungs. Slobodin had a small crack in his skull, but not thought to be a fatal wound. Could have hit headbutted a tree whilst running like a loony. Yeah. Maybe. An examination of the four bodies, which were found in May, shifted the narratives to what had occurred during the incident. Three of the ski hikers had fatal injuries. Ooh. Um, well, I suppose. skull damage. And both Dubin, Ina, and Zoltarov had major chest fractures. And according to Boris Vozrozhny, God. <laughs> amazing names. Yeah, amazing, yeah. Um, the force required to cause this damage would have been extremely high, comparable to the force of a car crash. Um, they said there was absolutely no way a person would be able to create that force. Like, you know. If they had a tool, maybe. You could force, force is still the force, so however hard something is, the force is still, you know, how much power you got to put into it. Depending on the way the object, depending on how much force you put behind the weighted object, you probably get a similar result. That's what I'm saying, so. You know, you look, like, there has to be, there's so much force, it's equal to a car slamming in, you know, so. Mm. You can't do that that fast. Put that much force into it, is what they're saying. Maybe if they ran, do you reckon they could have run into a tree? You know, this to me sounds like a yeti or something. Yeti, bear, maybe. But then again, bears eat you while you're alive. Yeah, yeah, they attack more than eat you. No, grizzlies, you know, for example, it would, it won't kill you. It would start eating you when you're alive. Would be a polar bear there anyway, wouldn't it? Mm. A vicious fucker's about. Polar bears would be like the polar ice caps, not in Russia. Russia is probably like either a grizzly or possibly even like a black yeah. bear, but black bears are f- cowards. Yeah, it's hard to figure out with Russia to be fair though, because Russia is so big, it's probably got completely different fucking. Um, then you said like you know, only a few bits were missing eyes, tongue. I mean, eyes are probably going to yeah. be eaten by birds or something. Possibly, yeah. But it depends how they were removed. They were removed perfectly. Kind of suggest maybe a nutter. And it, it it's a shame as well though, because if obviously this happened now, you'd be able to tell if they were doing post-mortem or not oh, yeah. or you know if she was alive etc 
And they um, also done a tux screening to find out what the fuck those kids were on, in case they were just literally yeah, exactly, tricks on yeah. balls. And that's the only thing that does make sense, which you can understand. Um, all four bodies found at the bottom of the creek in a running stream of water had soft tissue damage to the head and face. Makes sense, yeah. For example, Dabina was missing her tongue, eyes, part of her lips, as well as facial tissue and a fragment of skull bone, while Zalatov had his eyeballs missing. Alexander, um, they could have been eating by small was missing his eyebrows. <laughs> Ooh. Um, VA Vordzmany, a forensic expert performing the post-mortem examination, judged that these injuries happened post-mortem mm-hmm. due to the location of the bodies in the stream. Yeah, so small animals probably pulled out their eyes and... Yeah, when they're saying that, they don't know, but, you know, probably well, though, yeah, it makes sense, doesn't it? Considering the equipment they had at the time and the knowledge they had back then, it's possibly, yeah. like... It was not. It was inconclusive, nevertheless. There was initial speculation at the time that the indig- indigenous Mansi people, reindeer herders local to the area, had attacked and murdered the group for encroaching upon their lands. I see. That makes mm. more sense. People yeah. murdering them, especially they now to cover their tracks to get away from deer exactly, and stuff like they, that. Yeah. I mean, hunters. They work there, in yeah, that's, that's their land. They now to cover the tracks, cover the scent. So. so Several of them were interrogated, but the investigation indicated that the nature of their deaths did not support this hypothesis. Mm. Only the hikers' footprints were visible, and they showed no sign of a hand-to-hand struggle. And like we said, the power was just too much. Well, yeah, there'd be defensive wounds if they were being yeah, attacked yeah, exactly. by somebody. And there was just too much power that would be possible from a person. I mean, yeah, obviously there might be exceptions like a Brock Lesnar, maybe. Well, you think of it this way: if you're like a native person, or you, you know, for example, a deer herder, and like you know, tribes and stuff like that, you're naturally going to be doing more from a young age. So it's possible. I mean, if they're handling deer, you know, mm. there could be probably some burly men and women. So yeah, I mean, you wouldn't be your average your average person today, like a person who sits on the couch of you. Time. This would be like a guy who like. <laughs> He's resting, probably, you know, fucking lifting some logs and shit, building a fire, being Russian, probably lifting that fucking massive oak fucking barrel of vodka to his lips. (laughs) Yeah, I'll get (laughs) point of vodka. (laughs) Uh, Journalists report, no no offence to Russian people out there, anyone listening, (laughs) like you have the freedom to listen to the internet. Journalists reporting on the available part of the inquest files. Um, That's the day the Russians decided to hack. Carl's podcast. Yeah. Claim that it states that six of the group members, so it's going over it again, six of the group members died of hypothermia and three of fatal injuries. There are no indications of other people nearby. Um, the tent had been ripped from within. The victims had died six to eight hours after their last meal. Traces from the camp showed that all group members left the campsite of their own accord on foot. So they all ate together mm-hmm. six hours before they died. High levels of... Oh yeah, really Drugs! Yeah. It's gotta be. Someone tripped the yeah. fuck out. High levels of radiation were found on one of the victims' clothing. Radiation poisoning could be, but I don't yeah. think so. I mean, it can cause you to go like crazy after a high exposure, but they'd have to be exposed to a lot of very quick radiation poisoning. Re- re- um, the Deer hunter. <laughs> the release documents... Um, the release documents contain no information about the condition of the skier's internal organs. Mm. They just had nothing about that for some reason. Shit, fucking forensics. 
Yeah, I'd not get picked on I guess. You could find out if it was drugged possibly then. That well, would be no there's, there's no a big wad of like white stuff in there. Yeah, but if it was six hours ago it probably would have yeah. passed with the uh, I mean, after you eat food it's usually like seven hours for something to go straight yeah. through your digestive tract, so Yeah, they might not have realised what they were doing though, you know, they might have took way too much. Well, maybe they didn't know they were taking it, someone drugged them. Maybe. And still went badly for one person then. No, yeah, one person knew exactly what was happening and still freaked the fuck out. Yeah. But then again, I suppose there's eight other people freaking out, cutting them way out of their tents and running off into the forest. You'd probably join them. It's so easy. Uh, we shan't <laughs> go about that, man. Brute. But, yeah, mob mentality, maybe. Yeah. But I don't know if it's for them to cut them way out of the tents. It suggests something was in the tent with them. So say, yeah, a person climbing thing, into yeah. each one of their tents makes sense. Could it be ghosts? Something to do with some kind of ghost for some reason. You don't know what happened in the land before. There's no such thing as ghosts. Oh, see, I, I believe in ghosts, but I believe that they're more in energy recordings of the past. Because, like, time and stuff. Echoes. Yeah, because time, as they say, you know, like, everything, we see time as linear, but it's actually, like, you know, it's more like a rug, really. It, they say it's all connected, isn't it? It's all folded, so one moment is always connected to another moment because they're like one's end could be another's beginning. Yeah, which is why I say that um, I reckon it's like alternate dimensions in the sense of different well, alternate mm. time. So you're just kind of bleeding through, you know, because it was so much energy in that time. So you're kind of describing this time as more like an Ouroboros, like a yeah. self-eating serpent that just goes all the way around. Me. Thing. Too much Doctor Who. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense. Like. Um, at the time, the verdict was that the group members had all died because of a compelling natural force, which is just stupid. Something wanted them dead. And the files were sent to a secret archive. Oh. In 1997, it was revealed that negatives from Krasovno's camera were kept in the private archive of one of the investigators. Guess it, Goa Lev. The film material was donated by his daughter. Um, on top of April, all the remains of Altov were exhumed. Um, contradictory results were obtained. One of the experts said that the character of the injuries resembled a person knocked down by a car, and the DNA analysis did not reveal any similarities. Um, in February 2009, Russian authorities reopened. Yeah, in February 2019, so a year ago. Um, Russian authorities reopened the investigation into the incident, um, although they determined that there was only three possible theories that made any sense, um, and they were an avalanche, mm. a snow slab, um, or snow slab avalanche, sorry, just the top avalanche, or hurricane. Now, personally, I don't see how it could be an avalanche, because that picture I showed you, well, the tents were covered in snow, but then they'd be buried. Uh, yeah, they'd be, exactly, they'd be buried, and why would they still be pointing up there? Like, you know, you look at the boat, ski, and... Yeah, the uh, skis would be knocked over as well. Yeah, it's not like they're super buried at the bottom, so they would just knock it straight over. I suppose that would warrant them getting out of the tents quite quickly. Yeah, but it just doesn't explain the skis still there. Mm. Yeah. Then the force would be hit like... Like a, in, like a, in a... You know, the, the force done. I suppose if it was an avalanche being caught in it and like thrown through the forest would probably cause that kind of damage like in regards to the ribs mm. and all that being fractured. But and they skull said, injury. They said there was no um 
signs of avalanches in the air because they can normally tell kind of you know certain things and they'd be able to see where it ended up as well. It's took them several months to find a few of them, so yeah. for all we know that they missed the signs and possibility. And possibly, yeah. I mean, that's the thing you don't know. Nineteen fifty-nine, a long time ago. Oh yeah. It's the worst thing about this. So basically, they they ruled it as a random incident they don't know the answer to and they've pretty much opened and shut it as possibly an accident yeah at the moment yeah um the possibility of a crime has been discounted okay so some of the possible theories military tests speculation exists that the campsite fell within the part of a soviet parachute mine exercise this theory alleges that the hikers woken by loud explosions fled the tent in a shoeless panic and found themselves unable to return for supply retrieval. Supply slash retrieval. After some members froze to death attempting to endure the bombardment, others commandeered their clothing only to be fatally injured by subsequent parachute mine concussions. Very detailed for theory. No, there'd be signs of explosion, Uh, surely. Exactly. There are indeed records of parachute mines being tested by the Soviet military in the area around the time the hikers were there. But then I suppose knocking, blasting someone into a tree or something like that would probably be more feasible in regards to the injuries some of them suffered. Exactly, yeah, and it, it makes sense that they wouldn't make a big point about, oh yeah, we killed some... And that would people. warrant you wanting to get the fuck out of your yeah. tent as quickly as possible. Yeah, heavy in- yeah they... They create heavy internal damage with comparatively less extra- external trauma, like the hikers had. So basically using force rather than shrapnel to yeah, do damage. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Makes um, sense. That's, that's, a, yeah. that's definitely quite feasible. Yeah, yeah. The theory coincides with reported, sight- reported sightings of glowing orange orbs floating or falling in the sky within the general vicinity of the hikers. So basically that's how they probably died. Well, possibly. And allegedly photographed by them potentially military aircraft and parachute mines. But quite frankly, I mean, that, now that you mentioned like, the uh, the parachute bombs, that is a theory that makes a lot of sense it in regards to sense, yeah. people wanting to leave, the injuries some of them suffered, obviously the urgency of leaving the campsite. And it makes sense that they wouldn't make a big point of it either, because why would they? The mm. um, government, I mean. Of army. course, no one's supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. Um. A similar theory alleges the testing of radiological weapons and is partly based on the discovery of radioactivity on some of the clothing, as well as the bodies being described by relatives as having orange skin and grey hair. However, radioactive dispersal would have affected all the hikers instead yeah. of just some. We wouldn't be selected yeah. unless it was like some kind of new energy-based weapon. And the skin and hair's coloration could be explained by natural process of mummification after three months of exposure to the cold and winds. Yeah, that makes sense. Being yeah. kind of mummification uh, by uh, preservation almost, isn't it? Um, another, another theory is paradoxical undressing. I don't know what this means. Um, I read it yesterday, but... International Science Times posited that the hikers' deaths were caused by hyperthermia. Yeah, paradox which, undressings when you uh, feel like you're burning up. Uh, oh, strip down. what you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Yeah, which can induce a behaviour known as paradoxical undressing in yeah. which hyperthermic subjects remove their clothes in response to perceived feelings of burning warmth. Yeah. It is undisputed that six of the nine hikers died of hyperthermia. However, others in the group appear to have acquired additional clothing from those who had already died, which suggests they were of a sound mind 
enough to try and add layers. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's one of the uh, the horrible side effects is you feel like you're freezing, or you feel like you're burning, I'm sorry, and you know, like disgustingly hot. So you think taking your clothes off would make you feel better, but then it leads you to die faster. So that could have happened originally, like, you know, they ran off from the bombs going off maybe the mines, you know, maybe cut them, cut the thing, and they ran off straight away to get away from the explosions before they got near to it, maybe. Well, my guess is, like, once they started freezing, once you hit that point of hypothermia, Generally, the end's quite close. It's usually yeah. the later stages of hypothermia. That's the thing, yeah, once they got there, and like, that, that kind of thing started happening, and a few of them died from it. They were like, oh shit. So they're taking the clothes, adding layers, and then more to happened. come to it. I'm guessing, obviously, taking a few t shirts and boxes of a few dead people isn't really going to bolster exactly, you yeah. against the cold, so they're ultimately doomed. And eventually, they get got anyway, <laughs> apparently, even the survivors in the end, you know. Well, yeah, the clothes were probably damp. It's too late for them. Uh, Another theory, Uh, Keith McCloskey, who has researched the incident for many years and has appeared in several TV documentaries on the subject, travelled to the Dilatov Pass in 2015 with Yuri Kinsvik. Amazing names. Of the um, Dilatov Foundation and a group. and at the Dilatov Pass, he noted, there were wide discrepancies in distance quoted between the two possible locations of the snow shelter where Dublina, Club Tribes, Old Tribe and blah, blah, blah were found, the cold ones. The location was approximately 80 to 100 metres from the pine tree where the bodies of Dushenko and Krivenko were found and the other suggested location was so close to the tree that anyone in the snow shelter could have spoken to those at the tree without raising their voices. So it sounds like it was just much closer, a lot closer together than we realised. The second location also has, the second location also has a rock in the stream where Dublina's body was found. Uh, and they said obviously branches were broken up to five metres up. Yeah. Well, that may... I don't know if that was that bit or the other people, well, but... Even still, an explosion would, yeah. would make sense. True. But obviously snapping the trees off to uh, build, attempt to build a fire before succumbing to the cold makes sense Especially also. if it came down from um, well, the sky yeah, as well parachute parachute mines or whatever they said. But wouldn't there be evidence of like the parachute? Well, yeah, but only Trace the government would have took that. Yeah, I suppose they would have come and collected it. covered it all up, wouldn't they? Once they realised what happened. Um, then again, were the Russians really go, oh yeah, they weren't supposed to be there, sorry. I'll probably be the end of it. Who's going to sue the government in Russia, really? Well, it's, that's the thing. They're the Ukrainian, these people, in uh, Russia. So, you know, I don't think they, have, have, I don't think they have, have a great uh, relationship. Nothing would have come of it anyway. Russia yeah. would have like, meh. This is 1959, yeah. I mean, what was going on back then? Um, wow. World War Two would finish, you know. It was like probably Cold War time. 45, was it? 46? I don't remember which weather war ended. I know it ended before the 50s began. Yeah, I feel like it was 42 or something. I feel like it was 37 to 42. Probably. Yeah. But um, 59, it's got to be at least Cold War probably after. Mm, Probably. Um, That's probably more the testing more bombs to fight the Americans with. The location of the tent near the ridge was found to be too close to the spur of the ridge for any significant build-up of snow to cause an avalanche. Furthermore, the prevailing wind blowing over the ridge had the effect of blowing snow away from the edge of the ridge on the side where the tent was. 
This further reduced any buildup of snow to cause an avalanche. The aspect of the lack of snow on top of near the top of the ridge is pointed out. Uh, so uh, avalanche is ruled out. Ruled as out realistically. Yeah. Death. Um, also noted, Lev Lev's boss Evgeny Okishev, who was the deputy head of the investigative department of the Sledoks Oblast Prosecution Office. Okay. was still alive in 2015 and given an interview to former Kamerovo prosecutor Leonard Proshkin. Kamerovo prosecutor Leonard Proshkin in which Oscar stated that he was arranging another trip to pass to fully investigate the strange deaths of them all. Um, Evgeny also stated in his interview with Leonard Proshkin that Klinov, head of the prosecutor's office, was present at the first post-mortems in the morgue and spent three days there something Okishev regarded as highly unusual and the only time in his experience that it happened. Mm. So some high-up guy basically went to a post-mortem and it never normally happens. Very suspicious. Mm. Um, Donnie E, who investigated and made a documentary about the incident, evaluated several other theories that are deemed unlikely or have been discredited. Um, They were... They were attacked by Mansi or other local tribesmen. That one made sense at some point, mm. for a little bit. The local tribesmen were known to be peaceful and there was no track evidence of anyone approaching the tent. Mm. Um, they were attacked and chased by animal wildlife. Possible, but no. Mm. However, there were no animal tracks and the group would not have abandoned the relative security of the tent. Yeah, to be fair, if it was warm, they could just stay inside. But if it's a bear, I mean, they were a fucking mm. big bear. I feel like a wolf could get in as well, though. Ah, a pack of wolves, maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean... But then... I don't know, would their claws be strong enough to pierce, like, a nylon tent? I think it's though, the fire should, um, scare them off. Mm. What it's for. So, um, yeah, the, the chances are... And I can't imagine a pack of wolves would have been enough to scare nine of them, because obviously nine humans versus, like, a small... Well, a pack of wolves can be huge. Um, Highwind... Another theory, high winds blew one member away and the others attempted to rescue the person. Naked? Nah, I wouldn't do that. That's, that, that one's nah. well out. Well, the argument against it is a large experienced group would not have behaved like that and winds strong enough to blow away people with such force would have also blown away the tent. <laughs> and the rest of them. <laughs> then it's like, yeah, fair. Yeah, that, that was just um, an argument possibly related to the romantic encounter that left some of them only partially clothed led to a violent dispute. About this, Iker states that it is highly implausible by all indications the group was largely harmonious and sexual tension was confined to platonic flirtation and crushes. So yeah, basically, <laughs> one of the other theories was that some of them were fucking and some of them didn't take too kindly to that. Yeah. There nah. were n- oh. Okay. There were no drugs present and the only alcohol alcohol found intact at the scene. Used for cleaning wounds, probably. So but you're telling me, well, they didn't find any drugs, but they didn't say they performed a tax I, I report. Gonna, that's what I was going to say. The drugs were already taken. They wouldn't be able to tell, like, if they redid it in the 2015 one, they wouldn't be able to tell then. I well, think. So you can you can usually, like, if it's hard to find traces of drugs, you can usually check, like, the fluid in someone's eyes. That's meant to like retain quite a bit for a while. The one didn't even have eyes, remember? Yeah, I suppose. Um, nah, but the, the the parachute bomb seems to be the the biggest indication of actually what happened. The rest of these theories just seem a bit too 
far-fetched. Furthermore, Foy could not have left a massive injuries that yeah. one body had suffered. Unless he pushed him off a cliff, maybe. Well, he wasn't really at the bottom of the cliff, though. Yeah. CNN coverage, and you can tell normally. Oh, not CNN. CNN yeah. are useless. They're not that bad. It's They're... just Trump that hates them. No, CNN is extremely biased. It's fake news. It's fake news, okay? Fake news. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree with him in that one. That's probably the only thing I'd ever agree with him on is CNN's bullshit. This is real news. CNN is nothing but fake news. It's the best news out there. Is not what I would say. I am the best news. I'm detecting champion. If anything, that guy should probably be put in prison. And fucking Trump's probably going to try and screw so many embargo fucking issues. He got away with his impeachment thing. Yeah, it's, like he, it's almost like he said, you know, you're impeached. No, I'm not. <laughs> Basically. Uno reverse. You're like, what the <laughs> fuck? Damn it, he's bulletproof. I reckon he's going to get voted again, in again this year. Well, yeah, I mean, he's starting shit with the... Uh, Iran, so the possibility is that he'll probably use that to keep himself in power. It's not a shit, but a lot of, like, you know, the dumb Americans, which is who he's aiming it towards, a race, more racist one, you know, love America, blah, blah, blah. Well, appreciate yeah. that. The uh, patriot. Yeah. The patriotic types point. would probably appeal more to you know, America. Woo! I, I, my issue is when I come to voting now, I don't agree with anyone's points. Just most, because I've got to remember one important factor. The politicians, they're legally allowed to fucking bullshit. Yeah. And ultimately, that's all they ever are. I mean, just a few things you should trust in life, and lawyers and fucking politicians. That's all right. I'll give it to her about when I'm 55 and I'm a successful comedian and then I'll um, throw my hat in the ring of politics and, you know, just change the world before I die. Why not? The day you try and do that is the day I'll probably end up killing you. <laughs> um, criminal cases open at the end of February. Uh... It was closed three months later, having concluded that the spontaneous power of nature was to blame. <laughs> the spontaneous power of nature. After all that, they managed to get you know that answer again. So basically, ultimately, they learned fuck all yeah. from reopening the case the second time around. The Soviet air investigation remained classified until the 1970s. This might have been the first one, maybe. Then they were talking about there. History's big mysteries. <laughs> the rhymed. History's big mysteries. Questionable deaths, missing people. Oh, I was hoping that's just. For many years, this explanation was far from satisfactory as it failed to explain why the adventurers had rushed out into the freezing cold, wearing only underwear and without shoes, nor did it address why several of the group had suffered broken bones and skulls. Some 75 theories have been put forward. 75? Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to say they're only. only um, beginning to the top three. Even, even though one of the top ones is Ab, one, two of them was it, is Avalanche, um, what? Slab Avalanche and Hurricane. And hurricane. There's no evidence of a fucking hurricane. Nah. There's no chance of it being an Avalanche because they said that before. Remember? I'm pretty sure I would probably go with the parachute bombs. That's at the moment. The only thing like, that makes that matches up with all the like the injuries, the, the reason yeah. they flee so beyond so urgently trying and to get away. This is the person who did loads of stuff into it and read up loads and she got her own theory and stuff. Um, it says Theodora H. We'll go with that. Cause I ain't even gonna try and pronounce that name. Are you trying to? Hadjatska. <laughs> Theodora Hadjeska. Hadjeska. And what she thinks. All of the strange circumstances so puzzled Theodora 
that she launched dilatovpast.com as a comprehensive archive of many documents and images related to the case. What did I just go on there when I was researching this? I have a website? <laughs> oh, God. Wow, a website for something that happened so fucking long ago. Uh, born in Bulgaria, she's one of the only few people who has taken the time to translate many of the Russian files into English and created a database for everyone to use. In an email interview, um, what's that again? Could you really call that an interview? Or just a and a session, I suppose, back and forth? But I... Well, I suppose if you're doing an interview, like someone's asking you questions and you're doing it just via email, then you could call it that. I really couldn't call it that. It's probably an online chat, isn't it? Yeah. Conversa- an online conversation more. Yeah, that probably sounds more like But, well, yeah, in an email online conversation, Hajuska, mm-hmm. Theodora, um, says the information is publicly available either by ineptitude or more ominously by design doesn't fully explain what happened to the hikers. Mm. She, she's dubious about the yeah. information provided. And she's the one who's read loads about it. You know, she knows probably more than most people, well, more than anyone. She's also far from convinced that the government is trying to truly solve the case rather than using half measures to pacify families who are still yearning for answers. And after years of picking through the information, she has her suspicions about what transpired. Her take, the hikers were murdered. Theodora says she thinks that something alarmed the group and they clambered out of the tent. Then, her theory goes, armed people confronted them and there was a brief scuffle. The hikers, this is all in what she theorises, the hikers were marched down um, to the tree line to die from exposure. They didn't know that. They thought the perpetrators were after their belongings, so they complied. But nothing was taken. I know. Certain that their victims would quickly perish in their life-draining cold, the murderers wandered back to the tent. Um, the half-naked group frantic- frantically, perhaps miraculously, managed to start a campfire, which alerted their foes, who rushed back down at the time to the bottom of the hill to finish them off. By then, the three who were wearing more substantial clothing had moved away from the fire in a bid to create a shallow snow den to survive the night. But soon they were found, beaten to death, and then dragged to the creek, in her opinion. But like we said, the power of the stuff being done, like, you know, the shots and all that, was consistent with a car. And if you had a, you. not being funny, if you had a gun, why would you beat someone to death? You'd fucking shoot them. If you wanted to rob them. So yeah. her theory just seems more crackpot than the rest of them. Did I say anything about a gun? Well, there was no one, no one suffered a gunshot, did they? So if they were armed, what were they armed with? You know, machetes, baseball bats, clubs, guns. I mean, guns aren't uncommon in Russia. And yeah, nine people. people, yeah. Well, you know, unless there was like a hell of a lot of these armed people. I mean, I can't imagine like blunt force weapons would be intimidating to a group of eight or nine people. Yeah, now you're right. Probably some kind of gun or something. If it was a gun and they wanted them dead that badly, they would have used it. I think a gun, like, you know, as far as... Um, True crime like murders going out. As soon as I see it's got something to do with a gun, I'm not as interested. It's a cop out. No. They're so easily available as well in America, you know. It's like so easy to. And Russia. Yeah. It's so easy to do it that you do by accident, you know. That's crazy. 
you can kill people by accident because it's so easy to do. I mean, heck, there was even some um, incidents of where people have been firing in the air in celebration <laughs> and bullets coming back down to earth and killing somebody. So, yeah, I've know, heard about accidental that. bullet death. Well, I don't know if it killed anyone because once it hit um, terminal velocity, you couldn't get any faster. And if you drop a penny off, like, the top of the Empire State Building, that would just hit you, it won't kill you or anything like that. Wouldn't it? I thought it'd no. kill you. No, no. Um, I, I think it was Mythbusters where they did it all. Didn't they at least it embedded in the concrete? Uh, that was no, the case. No, no, because terminal velocity isn't that fast. Hence why, you know, like, shooting a gun... Um, up, it would go a lot. Well, I say it would go a lot further. Just say mountain and It would go a lot further like that, you know. Um, there's a lot more force shooting it forward than it just falling down. Mm. I think me just dropping this. If I shot that out of a gun somehow, it would be a lot more powerful. I'm still pretty sure if you drop that on someone's head, like vaporize it on someone's head from like a couple of story buildings, you're gonna do some fucking damage. Yeah, that one. So I reckon, even a terminal velocity, I'm sure, like a small bullet would definitely do some kind of damage, especially if it hit you in a vital spot. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It might do. It might. It penetrates, surely. I mean, that's not surely, but like I said, it's really um, over exaggerated how fast it goes. Um, but it could still hurt you, it could still damage you if you've got a soft spot or something as well. No. Or hitting a temple, depending on what it is as well, how heavy it is, you know. Hmm. Um, her thing just seems crazy, don't Yeah, you know? I mean, ultimately, given the information you've given me, I'd say the only story that's likely is the parachute bombs. But mm. given the injuries, the damage done, the urgency to get out of the tents quickly, there's no way some these people were murdered because if they were murdered and people had guns to control them or some kind of weapon, they would have been used and and it would have been more obvious that they were used and killed that way. And they would have... I mean, saying that, though, they had, like, um, at least seven days from when they went missing um, before they found anything or before they were even... And they didn't go very far? No. I mean, if you were being attacked by people and they left you there, you'd fuck off, you wouldn't stick around, you'd go as far as you could. Well, yeah, you'd, you'd continue to go as far as you could, you know, to get well, away. Not if you were um, in your boxes and that, I guess, though. But mm. they probably weren't. They probably had took each other's clothes afterwards. Yeah, my yeah. guess is the explosions of the, the, the testing of the bombs, they were, the parachute mines was what really fucked them up yeah. and scared them enough to go wandering into the fucking... And I'm guessing they must have got lost in some kind of snowstorm and that was it. Couldn't find the way back. I don't think they even had a chance to get lost. They were so quick that they froze. Um, but I mean as far as like the ones that got beaten down God knows what happened I mean the bombs obviously yeah that makes sense and the fact that it didn't do too much external damage it's the only thing that makes sense because mm, I mean if it's literally the force of the bomb throws him into a tree yeah, yeah. there you go that explains why they get the blunt force trauma yeah, yeah. and um, even just the force hitting you anyway so we're going to do something inside and everything because it's not going to have like and ripping your flesh, is it? I guess is what they're saying. The shrapnel would rip them open, but the uh, the, the explosion itself would be enough to break bones, yeah. shatter them even. If it's a mine, it'd probably just be that. And yeah, it probably would be enough to. Especially if it exploded in midair as well. Point blank as well. Yeah, if you were right there, but you don't know that. Even then, yeah, it would expl- even explode like a couple of meters away from them, it'd be enough to throw them into mm. a tree or something or into a ravine. And this probably weren't to go against. Um, 
people anyway. They're probably like anti tank or something, you know. Nah, mines are generally anti personnel. Yeah, um, if it's an anti tank mine, it'd be a lot bigger and there'd probably be a lot more damage. Yeah, but I mean, that's the four different stories. Which one would you say was your favourite animal? Oh, it's got to be the hiker one, you know, the Russians. Really? It's definitely the most interesting. I mean, the, the psycho ex-girlfriend was... You, you could see that where that was going from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah. And the poor guy at the start, uh, oh, I can't remember his name now, the, the, the fellow stuck Khalif, in prison. Khalif Brader. Khalif, yeah, he was a, a very tragic... A very yeah, tragic, I, was, but, uh, I wasn't going to include that, but I included it last minute just because it was so powerful, the documentary. And that it's one. an interesting story. Mm. It's a bloody shame, I mean, the... Uh, his government and his people failed him ultimately. Yeah. It's the thing at the end of his last episode, he um, killed himself. Well, sorry, um, it was the part of it where they said he killed himself and then he's like, all the upper bit. But I just couldn't bring myself to watch it anymore. I was like, oh, this is just sad now, knowing that he killed himself after it all. I suppose it left ended. him that badly, left scarred mentally yeah. and physically. I'm just like, though, why go through all the effort of um, doing that, you know, for the principle? Of not getting caught, and not getting, um, you know, something on your record, and then killing yourself. He died a free man. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, the fact that his government should be taking more like measures to look into that, give the kids some fucking justice. Oh yeah, they really need him. And just um, if you get bored at any point, just like type in his name there, like, and you'll be able to. There'll be more videos you can see of fights and stuff, people starting on him. I can imagine it just infuriated me now. Right now. Well, there's definitely been one interesting journey going through these uh, yeah. cases. One or two other mystery, I mean, you know, I didn't expect them to turn out the way they were. Was there a bit more um, story than you imagined it was going to be? Yeah, I suppose for that instance, I'm kind of grateful because you know, the more details to think, you know, and uh, take yeah. into consideration for the outcome of each one. Well, I didn't want to just go by memory because I know what I'm like, and sometimes memory's good, sometimes it's not. Well, some of that then when I was talking just came off from memory, you know, but it's always good to have it done. Yeah. Well, it's been a, uh, an interesting pleasure. Yeah. These uh, four mystery, uh, <laughs> historic and mystery kind of uh, The tantalising through time. Podcast, uh, tantalizing true crime special. There you go. Tantalizing true crime special sounds funky. Yeah. Sounds exotic. Exotic. Mm, yes. But um, anyone who's still listening now, thank you very much. Um, we'll have a lot more episodes coming out soon. The Babyface in Your House comedy podcast with someone. Um, don't know who yet. Um, we can go and have a cigarette. Anything else you want to bring up before we finish? Not really. Not really? Nope. Okay. Well, in that case, much love to everyone. Um, hope the world keeps going around. And got love. I don't know. Be careful. It's a jungle out there.